Thank you for listening to Wolfcast and Pod, the episode-by-episode breakdown of Angel the Television series. We will be discussing each episode in detail, so we have no concern for spoilers and the like. Please enjoy. I mean, do you think I get a thank you for not fighting any of you? What are you doing? This book is 12 centuries old! Okay, so it's not like I messed up a new one. (sighs) Wes, it's not like she did it on purpose. That's right. And I could have, because you know, I am evil. Coming message from the higher powers. It's another episode of Wolfcast and Pod, which is in itself a podcast that is an episode by episode breakdown of Angel the Television series. Joining me, Ruben, on the line, on the other line, your friend and mine. Her name is Kara. Hello, Kara. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> Comment ça va, Ruben? Ah, ça va bien. <laughs> oh, parfait. Maintenant, parler français pour an entire episode. <laughs> Buckle up. It's <laughs> <laughs> the random French episode. It has nothing to do with anything. It's not thematically intertwined. It's just something that's fun that we decided to do <laughs> randomly. <laughs> um, speaking of being very confused... We're going to be discussing disharmony today, <laughs> and uh, it's my turn to give the plot, which is as such, uh, the episode opens sort of with uh, Wesley uh, trying to lay the ground rules with Angel about reintegrating into the group, um, jumping off from where the last episode ended, and Angel struggling with uh, that reintegration. Um, Cordelia gets a vision about some vampires in robes uh, kidnapping people and it eventually leads their investigation to find out that um, there's a group of vampires who are turning people and not killing as many uh, in order to stay off the map. Um, at this time, Harmony, Cordelia's old friend, uh, claiming that she dumped Spike, when we know that really more of the reverse is true, <laughs> if you've been watching Buffy, shows up uh, with no real idea of what she wants to do with her life and asks them for help. And Cordelia is willing to do this, but the rest of the gang is skeptical based on Harmony being a vampire. Uh, this all comes together at the end of the episode when they ask Harmony to help them out and she turns on them and tries to uh, kill them with some vampires, but those vampires do not succeed and Harmony is banished from Los Angeles by Cordelia. 
What did you think of this episode, Kara? Um, I gave this episode a B minus. Mm. Um, I think it the merit to it is that it is quite funny and light in a lot of places. Like, it's always nice to have uh, Harmony uh, around because she is just such a comedic uh, character and is really a lot of fun to watch. I think some of the issues that I have with this episode are ones that we're going to touch on in a little bit more detail as we uh, go through the podcast. But I feel like part of my issue is that it just feels like there's a lot of inconsistency in the way some of the characters are behaving, um, namely Angel, um, which seems really off type. Like maybe it's a trying to grapple with where he's at now that he's decided that he's going to be like good, good guy Angel, <laughs> but it's uh, it can feel a little bit out of out of sync with what I would expect his character to sort of do or be like, I guess. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of my stance. <laughs> um, I feel like the season could have ended with the last episode. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, without yeah. necessarily having to go on into this next little phase. Um, so there might be a little bit of resentment from me too, kind of going into this one where it's just like, and now we're in a place that doesn't make any sense. Um, (laughs) but in any case, that's, that's sort of my, my standpoint. Uh, I love this episode. Um, (laughs) I am, other than the one major complaint that we're going to get to, uh, very close to giving this an A plus. And I think it's what they really do best. And I'm amazed that they did it so quickly. And what that is, is that this episode, in many ways, is an almost exact mirror of what Angel has been going through over the last six or seven episodes, except with Harmony. And it's like, we just got done with, like, feeling very emotional about Angel's whole existential ride and now they're going to make fun of it like right away (laughs) like the very next episode and uh like you said i think harmony is wonderful she's uh mercedes mcnab is a fantastic actress with incredible comedic timing and i'm so glad that they're going to bring her back in a more long-term role later on in the series but um yeah, I uh, I think this episode is very fun and very light, but I do think that there are some uh, subtle stuff going on here that's, you know, really good. And I, I like the idea that uh, the last episode feels like a season or even a series ender, and then they're like, kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Right afterward, it's a very strong left turn to take, which is something that I personally always appreciate. <laughs> we have different thoughts on this matter. <laughs> That's good. I, um, Basil and I uh, obviously disagree some, but I, I, you know, I like uh, as long as it's friendly. You know, having to 
oh, yeah. think about my positions and hearing why other people feel the way that they do. But um, let's start off with that complaint, since that's probably some place that we'll agree on. There's a big joke uh, in the middle of this episode that's a misunderstanding between, based on a misunderstanding between Cordelia and Harmony, where Harmony is confessing that she is a vampire, and Cordelia thinks she's confessing that she's a lesbian. And um, I think the show walks it back a little bit by sort of having, in the, in the next morning, Willow be like, I'm a lesbian, and then Cordelia like sort of like suddenly being confronted with the fact that she was more scared of Harmony being a lesbian than a vampire. Mm-hmm. But it still mostly doesn't work for me. <laughs> and feels no. of its time in A-Tunnel. <laughs> it's, it's not the most delicate uh, joke that you could make about... Cordelia being um, kind of homophobic, <laughs> like yeah. it's um, it's not done with a lot of tact. It's done as like a as a silly bit, um, and it's I mean it goes on for such a long time and isn't like it doesn't actually add anything to the episode. It doesn't like go into a place that's like really thoughtful or critiquing. And I mean, as Definitely. you say there is that sort of potential walking back that they go into when they when when Cordelia and and uh Willow are talking but it doesn't seem like it's enough for Cordelia to really change her mind or to have learned anything from kind of her uh her initial reaction um on on a deeper level like it just seems like she's kind of like oh and good for you. Like, it's almost like talking to your yeah. grandfather or somebody, <laughs> like, coming out to them, and then them just being like, do you want me to, like, take you out to get some square-toed loafers? Like, what do I do with this information? <laughs> I don't know how to help, and I don't know how to feel, and I don't know how to resolve this with the way that I feel about other people, but I guess maybe you're different. Who knows? Like it just, it feels very, um, very indelicate and very, uh, very like nobody has learned anything from this experience coming out of that conversation. Yeah. Like you can imagine like a different world where like, this is like a very bold idea that they had where they're like, Cordelia is a character that the audience has really grown to love, and we're going to reveal a characteristic about her that is challenging, you know, your feelings about her, but this is not that at all. This is mm -mm. definitely, like, people who watch the movie Get Out and are like, oh yeah, those racist white people, and not, like, people who watch the movie Get Out and are like, oh, right, I do those things, and it's not okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it makes other people uncomfortable, and I shouldn't, you know, treat them like that. Like, the joke is that Harmony is a vampire, and not gay. But like, the sadder joke is that if Harmony were gay, Cordelia is treating her really badly. Yeah, that scene. She's like, pretend. She's like, oh, I understand, but I'm gonna treat you very uncomfortably. Yeah, because of it. <laughs> Yeah. You're now basically like, 
the most awkward thing that I have to deal with in this episode is the fact that I think that you might be gay. Yeah, it's, uh, and, like, you go, you go back to the place where you sleep and away from where I sleep now because I'm uncomfortable with you. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's on, it's not very well, not very well, uh, thought out, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, of course it's uncomfortable to be hit on when you don't want to be hit on, uh, either by that specific person or just when you're not in the mood. Um, but mm. that's not how the scene is played. Like, you would, you know, like, you would be understanding and be like, no, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. Uh, do you want to, like, I don't know, talk about that or something? I don't know. But it's not, it's not played right. It's not played like that. It's not played like, oh this is just a particular person that I'm not interested in, but like, oh, if Harmony is gay, then, you know, it's not enough to just tell her I'm not interested. There's something unnerving about mm -hmm. her mere presence in the apartment. Mm -hmm. That there wouldn't be, you know, with Gunnar Wesley, two other people who we assume Cordelia has made it clear that she's not interested in. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Moving on to Harmony. Oh, well, actually, yeah. there's one more thing about that sort of homophobic trend. Yeah. At the very end of the episode, too, um, when Angel buys Cordelia a whole new wardrobe, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. effectively, and then she basically says, like, Angel, you have the taste of a gay man. Like, it's like, oh, Cordelia. <laughs> yeah, it's a really gross line. You haven't learned anything. Yeah. You just... And, you, like... Mm -hmm. um, you know, like you could say, okay, in the world that we live in, in a patriarchal world where straight men aren't allowed to care about fashion, like it's understandable that like a lot of straight men who might, you know, secretly care about these things, or if not secretly, like you can imagine a social reality where they would, like all that stuff can be true. Mm -hmm. but there's nothing like obviously inherently connecting your sexuality to your taste in clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep <laughs> but I mean <laughs> but that's a yeah. lot deeper into sociology than the show is getting uh, in this episode for sure yeah it just kind of belies that Cordelia sort of doesn't uh, doesn't have a lot of experience with like having friends or people in her life that are queer <laughs> like yeah. it's just like you're either somebody who can help me with my fashion, potentially, or you're somebody who's a threat to, like, want to sleep with me. Um, yeah, not the best. Um, yeah, I, it's, uh, I guess uh, I talk about this just a little bit more. Just in comparison to Buffy, I actually think that that show does... A, I was surprised on rewatch how good of a job it did of showing the gang having trouble dealing with Willow's coming out of the closet and, like, still loving her and still being friends with her. But the show being, like, very clear, like, Buffy is handling this badly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It's even more disappointing since this, of course, takes place after that, that this show dropped the ball so heavily with that regard. Yeah. Learn from your mistakes. 
or in this case, continue to be successful in the way you were in the past. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted to talk about Harmony, of course. I mean, we sort of covered it, and I think we both think that her performance is very good in this episode, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. she's very funny. Um, but I also really like, you know, I guess to expand a little bit on what I was talking about earlier, the idea of her being sort of like an inverse angel, just like she's also adrift, she's also done horrible things, she's also, in this case, thinks she has an epiphany, and then thinks she has another one, and (laughs) thinks she has a third epiphany, um... (laughs) But isn't ready for the kind of life-changing, you know, stuff that it's been going on with Angel. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, in this world, it's because she's a soulless vampire. But, you know, in the real world, it could have more to do with her character and the fact that she's younger than him. um, And not ready for those types of life decisions. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for your response. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure that I have a deeper response than that. You kind of went pretty deep. (laughs) Um, It is, it is interesting that like from two episodes ago, there was this uh, counterpoint essentially between where Angel was at and then where Angel ends up or where his epiphany brings him. And then, as you've mentioned already, this counter-counterpoint with with Harmony coming in and having her version of an existential crisis and trying to work through it and trying to figure out what that means for her and whether it is that she's going to be um, a hero who fights for good because (laughs) she sucked at being evil or whether it's oh my gosh she found this pyramid scheme where there is this very human need with all of these vampires to bond and like group together and become like a unit and find more people to be part of her of this unit um so it's like whoever ends up giving her an in to be a part of something she just wants to be a part of it um which is I mean, very sad at one yeah. <laughs> at one point <laughs> because she just Poor needs so me. badly to be accepted um, after being rejected by Spike, effectively. But at the other point, it's like, it just seems like it's in character for her to sort of be like, who's going to give me more power? You know what I mean? Or who's going to give yeah. me like a better status? So she has this this sort of ability to sort of latch on to whatever the most uh, status-giving, attractive kind of position is, which is which is really nice. It's true to type for her and, and ends up being comedic in and of itself. Yeah, even non-vampire Harmony cared very deeply what other people thought of her. Mm-hmm. And so whoever's going to make her feel like they care about her the most, regardless of, like, you know, whether or not they do, that's what she's going to be into. Mm-hmm. Um, what you said reminded me of something that Buffy says about Andrew and later on in the series. Uh, someone's like, um, isn't he evil? And she's like, he's not evil. He's like a sponge. 
He just picks up whatever flavor is closest to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very much Harmony. <laughs> Poor Harm. I feel bad for her. Um, she wants so badly to like fit in. Um, yeah, I like maybe the episode is like a little unfair to Harmony, but I like the idea that like, I don't know. The work that Angel and Cordelia and Wesley and Gunner is doing, it's not for everybody. Some people are just going to have kind of like a nice average life, the harmonies of the world. <laughs> um, and in doing that, I think they do a really nice job of making the villain of this episode equally as ridiculous. Like, in a way, the pyramid scheme... <laughs> that these vampires have developed reminds me of like a very shitty version of Wolfman Hart. So like you get the same <laughs> thing of like you know, they're a little more concerned with like power and money and they have like long-term plans as a, and they're not like trying to end the world or anything like that. They're just, you know, working with the way that the world works. But it's like all a little bit, you know, less impressive than what Wolverman Hart is doing, you know? It's a little more got a shitty mustache on your face. Um, Rather than, like, super insidious in the name yeah. of evil. It's yeah. just kind of like, how do I do well at life and have everybody else support me in doing that? And then it feels like they're supporting each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're all kind of, like, a little scared and a little sad and like you definitely get that in the final action scene when mm. only like eight of them actually attack once they realize that Angel and the gang is going to fight back. There's like supposed to be like a hundred of them there mm -hmm. but at least like 60 or 70 of them just take off because they're Peace like oh out. shit I'm not actually this dedicated <laughs> to this issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to me that's like I don't know, there's so many different ways you could have gone with this episode once you were like, let's see what could happen if Harmony showed up, like, what kind of thing. The fact that they made, like, that balance, that they were like, we were going to have, like, a very non-threatening villain, in a way, show up and be, like, equally as pathetic as this, like, storyline. Like, I, I don't know, I really like that mirroring. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything yeah. else to say about that? No, I, I think that, that sums it up nicely. Or, like, goes into it deeply. But, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Harmony is just a great, great character. It's always fun to see her on screen, like, as we sort of said. I, I just don't know, my question is, at the end of the day... She showed her true colors and was, you know, a vampire without a soul mm -hmm. and like didn't really, um, she broke the trust of the group and yeah. ended up getting a lot of people into a dangerous situation. And I just wonder why nobody was like, maybe we should question whether or not we should let her go back into the world. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I, I mean? No, uh, I, I agree, and I think that that's another nice, in my opinion, sort of paralleling moment that, like, one of the ways in which Cordelia and Angel can 
possibly repair their friendship, which is, you know, obviously broken uh, right now, is the is Cordy needs to at least understand slightly where Angel is coming from. Mm-hmm. And now she does on some level. She's like, Harmony was my really close friend for a while. I can't look at this thing, even if it's not her, and not feel some sort of empathy. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, Angel had that, but like 200 years of that with Darla, who he was in love with. And mm-hmm. he, you know, made a similar decision where he like really struggled with what to do with her. So I actually think that's kind of a nice mirroring between the two of them to like start to build, bridge the gap that exists between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, which brings me to my final thing, which is like atonement. And uh, up until the very end of the episode, I really like the way in which you have these two things going on. Angel, who seems at least somewhat, even though he's struggling with it, like seriously committed to the idea of working things out with his friends, even if it means doing things that annoy him or getting belittled. <laughs> I think it's mm-hmm. really funny when they ask him to go get coffee and then they all just walk away. <laughs> um, and Harmony's, you know, complete indifference to doing any sort of like actual personal work to become better. Like she just wants to jump to the end. Um, mm-hmm. And I think even with the ending where Angel kind of works things out a little bit with Cordelia by buying her presents, um, it still hints at the idea that, you know, on some deep level, the creators of the show, like, no, like, that's not how you fix things. Like, <laughs> with when you have Harmony being compared to Angel, like, you're like, oh, Angel could be doing it right. Like, <laughs> and Harmony does is not doing it right at all. Yeah, Harmony's got, like, I mean, her own kind of personality foibles, which, like, disallow her from really getting to the same level of depth, right? Like, she can, she can never really completely be as self-aware as even somebody who's kind of a perpetual man-child, like, like Angel, <laughs> in a sense. Um, yeah. But, uh, like, and it's just because she's, even before she was a vampire, she was always, always pretty selfish and self, self-involved uh, and self-aggrandizing. So it's kind of well, like she's stuck. Go ahead. Yeah, I, um... I think that something that I like about this episode, and it may be touching on something that you said that you didn't like, is the idea that, like, so Angel is trying to be this other this other new Angel or whatever, and he thinks, you know, one of the reasons why he wants, it's not the only reason, but one of the reasons why he wants to be it is because he does miss Cordelia, and he does want to be friends with her, and when she says that they're not friends anymore, mm-hmm. that it really hurts him. Um, and so he tries to be like this aggressively overly nice person for most of the episode um and it has one of my favorite visual jokes in any episode when uh wesley is still like we need to kill harmony and angel's like if cordelia trusts her friend i think we should listen to cordelia and then angel just points the crossbow i mean wesley points the crossbow at angel (laughs) (laughs) um 
but that none of that stuff that he's doing actually repairs their friendship. Like him being extra nice to her. She doesn't like when he's like, take the nine off. She's like, what are you talking about? And in the same, you know, in the same thing, like with Wesley, she's like giving Angel like a stank face when he's like, we should listen to Cordelia. She's like, I don't like this at all. But mm-hmm. towards the end of the episode, even though it makes her upset, when she, he pulls her aside and he's like, we can't keep doing this. Like, you have to understand that no matter how much you care for Harmony, that she will never help us. Um, that on some level, even though it makes her really upset, that she actually respects that angel. And it shows that he, you know, trusts her, I guess, to, like, understand the difference between being nice and, like, being, you know, really, like, respecting enough opinion, someone's opinion enough to be honest and vulnerable with them. And I, I don't know, I think that's really cool. Mm. I'm not sure how I feel about... Um... Angel winning back Cordelia at the end of the episode. I think. <laughs> I mean, it's it's similar to the Kate stuff, I think, in the last one, where it's like, okay, we have to get to this place. We've laid some of the groundwork, but not very much of it. Let's just skip to the end, because we don't want to spend eight episodes, you know, reconciling, slowly, slowly becoming friends with Angel again. But it's like, <laughs> you, I need to earn back your trust. And I will do that by appealing to the side of you that everybody has talked about having died, like, episodes and episodes ago, because you've been so tormented by your visions. I don't know. It's like, it's a pretty, it's a pretty cheap move. And it's something that I I found, like, difficult to kind of reconcile with this episode, at least. Like, I think there would have been other ways. Wesley did say that she is still vain. (laughs) Oh... (laughs) Okay, fair. But no, it's but still um, the reaction. It's like it's yeah. too much. It's just like it's it's not it's not sincere. It's not like sure he did anything specifically like um, important or uh, th- like really um, critical to really change her mind. It was just like let's let's look at this young. Uh, very superficial uh, person that Angel still believed that she was when she wasn't, first of all. And Wesley sort of talked to him about that and said, like, you know, she's not the same person. She's not the same, like, Cordelia that you remember her being. And he kind of, like, plays into that old, old bag of tricks, which is, I don't know, it shouldn't fly as as far as I see it. But Yeah, no, I, I mean, that all makes perfect sense to me i think it's definitely like the type of concession that i am always willing to make for television because this is like when basil and i disagree on definitely doomed this is usually like one of the disagreements is like when something moves a little too fast like Mm -hmm. to me if the emotional part still hits i'm like yeah i like that but he'll be like they didn't earn that they didn't earn that emotional Mm -hmm. moment like they didn't spend enough time getting to that point like one of the big ones where it was like I wasn't even thinking about it even though I now sort of agree with him was Jenny and Giles relationship he was like 
why do they really like each other so quickly? And then, why do they dislike each other so much? And then, like, when they, you know, get over the reasons why they dislike each other, why are they ready to start up, like, <laughs> right in the middle of, like, a really serious relationship again? Um, right. Yeah. I, I, I just feel I, like there's... So Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, I was basically just putting a, a cap on that point, just saying, like, yeah, that's it's a concession that I often make to television, just being like, yeah, things move quickly in television world, and, uh, you know, I understand. But there are so many things that don't move quickly in this series, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like there's so many things that are dwelled on for, like, a, a <laughs> series of five episodes where it probably could have been resolved, like, a little bit more efficiently. And then when there's something that actually feels like I've invested some emotion into it, it's like, it's just kind of glossed over. Anyway. I definitely think even though there's not, it's nothing actually as in the show itself, but like, you know, Cordelia would still like dive in front of a bullet for uh, Wesley and mm -hmm. Gunn in a way in which she wouldn't. For Angel, even at the end of this episode, when they've supposedly reconciled, that mm -hmm. I still think that <laughs> some of that lingers. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything that you say. I, you know, I feel that way about the cap of the episode where I don't really like it, but it doesn't affect the stuff mm -hmm. that I like about that <laughs> before then in the episode. Right. Fair that enough. Much. Yep, that makes sense. Um, and the thing that they do take, like, kind of a, you know, go slowly with is, uh, you know, works for me. But, yeah, I mean, I think in a perfect version of this episode, you know, they end in a slightly better place, but still, like, um, you know, maybe the episode ends with Angel coming up to have small talk to her and her just, like, listening. Not, like, <laughs> being like, I don't want to have small talk. And then at the end being like, we're not friends. Just yeah. him coming up and being like, hey, can I get you anything? She's like, sure. I'll take a coffee. Yeah. And, like, you know, that's a small change. A small believable change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A long time ago, I wrote a Facebook status that was, like, um, the movie... You Can Count On Me begins with the main character driving her car, listening to country music with the window slightly cracked open, and the movie ends with the main character driving her car, listening to country music with the window almost fully open, and that's the about the amount of change that I believe can happen to a person over the course of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and why that's I like amazing. it so much... <laughs> That's phenomenal. Thanks. <laughs> Ready for fun facts and such? Wrap up mm -hmm. this episode? Totally. Cardelia's warning to Har Harmony is a paraphrase of what Angel said to the vamps in Warzone.
<laughs> Cordelia's immediate reconciliation with Angel after he buys her new clothes is reminiscent of how she made peace with Xander when he paid for her prom dress in the prom. <laughs> continuity. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. That's not what continuity means. Yeah. Uh, first appearance of Allison Hannigan as well on Angel. She will appear in two more episodes. Um. In German, this was called Disharmony. <laughs> and in French, it was called Ami ou Anami, which means friend or foe. What a cute title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the French know how to do the cute titles, it seems. <laughs> the book that Harmony damages is supposedly 12 centuries old. However, a close-up seems to show an antique printed book, which must be less than 6 centuries old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because that's when the printing press was invented. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I know I we like... don't read goofs and stuff, but that one stood out to me. It's like, whoa. <laughs> You're like, wait, Gutenberg didn't even exist 12 centuries ago. <laughs> handwritten and tied together with string. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, but I mean, at the same time, I'm I'm willing to forgive the occasional anachronism. Yes. Just not science mess-ups. Those are not not to be with uh, tolerated. And of course, the most important piece of trivia this episode is Harmony-centric. <laughs> Do you have any other small notes you want to mention? Nothing small. Uh, I appreciate that Cordelia is pro-pineapple on pizza. <laughs> so I'm also pro-pineapple on pizza. But I am not queerphobic, so that is something that Cordelia and I did not have in common. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that, Ruben. Okay, that's it for me. So um, if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe using your podcast listening application and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. We appreciate it. But for now, this uh, podcast was the one good thing we ever did together, Kara. The only good thing. You make sure to tell the world that. <laughs> Bye. Bye.